Good evening. How you doing? It is great to be here with you. Netflix or YouTube? Which one are we going with? <laughs> Catch. Right over your head. That was so close. Honestly, it's so good to um, be here and be with you in this new venue being finished and you guys using it. It's amazing. Um, and it's, it's awesome. We, uh, as Melbourne Lights Church and um, as friends, we've been praying for you guys and praying for the process and praying for, for you as a church. And we're not that jealous. We are slightly jealous, not coveting, but you know, that's, uh, it's sinful. Um, but you know, I, this isn't what I want to preach on tonight, but I just like, felt God just remind me that, that even in all the, the beauty of venues and the blessing of it, it's not the point. It's not the focus. Um, and whether you're here or you're somewhere else or you, you outgrow this place or, you know, or it's an amazing tool for the season and we celebrate it with you because we've been praying with you that it's not like, the, I, the, you know, sometimes we have this idea, oh, we made it. And it's not like, oh, we made it. We haven't made it until every person that needs to hear the gospel has heard the gospel, until Jesus is formed in us. Um, you know, we, we've never made it. We don't sort of reach the pinnacle and go, well, that's it. We can retire now. There's no retirement in the kingdom. Can I encourage you with that tonight? There's no retirement in the kingdom. Um, but we're excited to be here with you for this weekend and be able to bring a, a team down from Melbourne Lights and have Dale and Angela here. Um, as well, and just to, to see what God wants to do, and um, I want to encourage you over the course of the weekend, if you're feeling God stirring you, and if you're feeling God give you, giving you pictures or words, um, you know, come and talk to whoever you need to talk to, um, bring those things, share them, because we want to hear what God has to say, and we want to be enlarged and to grow, and so thank you for taking the time to be here, um, yeah, not, not because we're here, but because we want to grow and become more like Jesus. Um, any of the guys that have come, you got any prophetic words that you want to share this evening or in the morning tomorrow or on Sunday? Now's your chance. Come here, Bonnie. Bonnie had a picture. I'm putting you on the spot. So this is the first time Bonnie's ever come on a trip with us, and we love that we get to bring uh, some of our young crew as well as our older crew on a trip. And we prayed for you guys on Wednesday night in our prayer meeting, and Bonnie had um, a picture in our prayer meeting. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Um, on Wednesday, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Olaf was saying that there was like this picture he had where the, there was this lake overflowing a dam and about maybe five to ten minutes before that I got an image of this waterfall filling up this big lake that was overflowing this dam full of like water and it like broke through the dam and like the water was the Holy Spirit and it was like, yeah, it was really cool. Awesome. Thank you, Bonnie. I feel like for you guys, uh, there's something in that picture of, of an overflow. Um, and I love it because Bonnie's never been here before and she doesn't know anything about Cataract Gorge and, you know, sort of the, the dam and the, how they release the water there. And I was like, you know, that they have that there. She's like, no. <laughs> so, um, but that's what we want. We want to see the Holy Spirit move and to overflow. And um, so th 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 there's something that I hope over this weekend that God stirs our hearts in passion and, and in love for him. 
and intimacy with him. You know, the, the church that Jesus is building, because we, we don't want the church that we're building. Can you say amen tonight? You guys are, you guys are awake? I need a little bit of, a, of like quick and loud feedback. Is that okay? I don't know if dad, if dad ever is used to that, um, but it's kind of good. You, can, you guys can be rowdy. You guys can like be like, amen, and you can say, I agree or I disagree. Um, I don't mind. If you disagree, that's cool. I might tell you that I also disagree with you, and we'll carry on with, this, with the scripture. Just, you know, can, can we all participate together tonight? Is that all right? Is that all right? There we go. Okay. The church that Jesus is building is a church of sons and daughters who's, who have laid down their lives and laid down their egos and their logos and their agendas for the sake of his. It's not about buildings. It's not about names of churches. It's not about names of, uh, of gatherings. It's about people who have laid down their lives. And it starts with us as individuals, as sons and daughters who are willing to lay down our egos and our agendas for the sake of his kingdom. It's his kingdom come. Jesus is building a church, I believe, that is radical and fearless. Not that just fill, fills bu buildings, but is fearless to go beyond the four walls. He's building a church that is real and raw, that is authentic and is vulnerable. He's building a church that knows its identity and knows its authority and actually stands in the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's building a church that exists for his glory. That every time we gather in every place, whether it's in homes, it's in buildings, it's on the street, in our workplaces, in our schools, that he receives glory. That people see him and he's glorified. He's building a church that releases on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus says, pray, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is that still our prayer, church? Is that still our prayer? That his kingdom, his rule and reign, his authority would come now as it is in heaven. A church where the lost and the hurting and the broken are found and saved and restored and healed, where the lonely find families, where everyone has a place at the table. I love that picture. Of a t you know, he says it prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Does everybody have a place at that table? A church that equips and releases warriors and champions, that makes demons tremble, that, 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 that sees the kingdom advance, that sees and releases the power and presence of Jesus into everywhere that we go. A church that looks and sounds like Jesus and a church that exists for his glory. Do you know, can I, can I ask you this question? Do you know that you are God's dream team? Look around, look, take a look around tonight. Can you believe it? You can laugh. It's all right. It's not, it's not rude. I know, I know, right. What was he thinking? We are God's dream team. And sometimes we look around and we go, what was he thinking? Us? But if we don't get this, then we fall into this idea that it's superstars, it's, you know, it's pastors, it's platforms. And we miss the point that we are, you and I are God's dream team, that he's chosen us He's chosen you for such a time as this. He's building a church that looks like Jesus and sounds like Jesus and acts like Jesus and a church that exists to bring him glory. Let, let's look at what Jesus has to say about this. In John 17, verse 20 to 22. Um, tonight, a couple of my scriptures are gonna be from the NLT. 
Tomorrow I'm going to preach out of the ESV, and a couple of scriptures will be at ESV. That's why I've got it up here for you. But it says this, John 17, verse 20 to 22. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. Uh, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. The church Jesus is building looks like connected oneness, just like the Father and the Son. It's a church of supernatural unity because it can't happen without the release of the supernatural. I mean, all you have to do, if you've been in church for more than a year, you know that, 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 that connected oneness, supernatural unity needs the supernatural because we're there. <clears throat> That's right, you can laugh tonight. I like to smile. Sometimes I say things that like, are actually like hard, but I just hope that like, if I smile enough, that everyone will be like, oh yeah, that, yes, let's respond to that. There was a show called Davy Crockett. I don't know what the show was called, but it was about Davy Crockett. He had this theory that you could smile down anything. Like if you, you could smile down a bear or a, you know, a wolf or somebody who wanted to like attack you. If you just smiled enough, <laughs> they'd back down. I kind of like... I've adopted that. I grew up watching that show and I've adopted it in my um, preaching. I, I'd like to say, of course he lived. Of course it worked all the time, but I'm pretty sure it was a ma he's a made-up character. Supernatural unity. Individuality is not biblical when it comes to the church. Yes, we have individual responses and responsibilities to our relationship with Jesus. But in the church, there's no such thing as me, myself, and I. Team matters in the kingdom. If we're going to be a kingdom people, then team matters. Our togetherness or our oneness is what validates Jesus to the world. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that when people look at us, the level of unity that we are actually able to walk in, the level of love we have for one another validates who he is to them. Jesus says this in John 17, 21. I pray, we just read, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, that they may be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I believe from the start of this weekend, we have to deal with that independent spirit, the idea of the Lone Ranger Christian, the comparison, the, comp the competition. Maybe we can do that actually right now. Before we move forward, we can just take a moment and respond to him. Um, you know, as we preach, I don't want to just wait till the end. When, when God highlights something, let's respond. Lord, we, just, we want to be a people who don't make it about us, but make it about you. Lord, where there's anything of comparison 
of insecurity in our lives that says, you know, I, I want to be better or I need to prove. Or even as a church, that we have to prove that we are better or have it more together than another church. Lord, would you deal with that in our hearts? We repent tonight. Lord, let our unity, let our honor for one another, let our honor for other churches and other ministries, Lord, show you to the world around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So for the next couple of days, I want to look at a few um, different aspects of what the church that Jesus is building looks like. And I want to speak, um, hopefully prophetically, into some of your future. Um, and, and some of the things that I felt like God has highlighted for you. And, and so we're going to go on a little bit of a journey over the next um, sort of three days. So tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday morning. Um, but tonight I want to start with the church that Jesus is building is a church that is with and for all generations. It takes everybody. The church that Jesus is building is united across all generations and all ages and I, I want to I speak into this a little bit tonight if I can. And this is not a preach that is aimed at any specific age. It's a preach that's aimed at all of us because it actually takes all of us for God to do what he wants to do. I'm going to talk into this. I, I believe that for what God has for you, you as a church, you as churches in Launceston in the next season, it's going to take every generation playing their part and saying yes to him. Not, not being spectators in a meeting, but actually getting involved, being discipled, making disciples, sharing the gospel, worshiping with abandon. It's going to take every single generation. The, defini the defin definition. The definition of a generation um, is this: the entire body of individuals born and living about the same time, or a group of individuals, most of whom are the same approximate age, having similar ideas. Problems, attitudes, etc. This is where we get the, uh, the, the, some of the terms that we kind of uh, that define different generations. Terms like Gen X or Gen Y or Gen Z, Gen Alpha. Um, the, yeah, the, the, the different definitions of generations within a generation. We also see often uh, in society names declared over ge different generations that define them, the post-war generation, the stolen generation, the lost generation, baby boomers. But the thing is this, in the kingdom, and actually for everyone, Jesus wants to define every generation. Jesus is building his church, and his church is a church for all generations. Now, uh, you know, I, 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 I believe that we should honor um, other churches and that honor is a foundational stone. So I'm not trying to dishonor it all, but there has been a, a shift or a movement in the last 20 years amongst churches to, to move toward only certain generations. Youth churches, you know, the only people that are on the stage are people who are under the age of 30. The only people who can have, who can have profile or whoever get, you know, put on a social media post or have a certain look or demographic. Um, and there's reasons for that, and there's, you know, I'm sure there's me media and marketing stuff. But the kingdom and the Bible says that the church that Jesus is building is for every generation. And everyone has a part to play. Your age, be it young or old, should not disqualify you from ministering in the kingdom. 
And I love that this weekend we have um, Hans with us, who is older than I am, only slightly. And we have Bonnie and Hugo and Henry, who are uh, much younger than I am, only a little bit. <laughs> you think that's good, Henry? He likes that one. We had a very late night last night. Our plane was delayed. Like, so we were supposed to land here about like 10.15 or 10.30. We ended up landing just after 12 and got into bed just after 1. And Henry is like a 7.30 at night going to bed kid. So he, he was very tired. <laughs> and uh, so if you, if you have any, if you see him fall asleep tonight, just bless him and he can lay out and enjoy the presence of God. Um, and if there's any, uh, any odd outbursts, <laughs> you, know, you know why. And that's not just from Henry, that's from my dad as well, you know what. <laughs> I want to say this, if you are alive right now, you are the chosen generation. Is anyone alive here tonight? Uh, hopefully. There's no weekend at Bernie's going on this weekend. If you're alive tonight, you guys didn't get that one. If you are alive tonight, you are the chosen generation. You are called to be a Jesus generation. The Jesus movement wasn't just for the 70s. The Jesus movement is for every person who says Jesus is Lord. It's for you and I. We are called to be a Jesus people, a Jesus generation, a generation that's called to radically impact this generation and the generations for him. And I want to say this in the most loving way. It's time to step up and to step in. It's time to stop playing just the church games. To le- we need to lean into his purposes and lean into his plans and stop making the excuses. I'm too young. I'm too old. I've done my time. I'm not qualified. I don't have the experience. It's somebody else's time. Now, I totally get the idea of making way for the next generation and bringing them through. But can I say this? Making way does not mean checking out. Making way means including and discipling and bringing them through and letting them run and blowing wind in their sails and resourcing, but not checking out. It's not like, okay, now you do the kingdom thing and now I'll I'll be involved by proxy. Can I say the kingdom is not a proxy idea. You don't get to just come to church on Sunday, sit in a seat and go, well, I'm worshiping because everyone else around me is worshiping. I'm in a church where a few people go out and minister on the streets and outreach to people that don't know them. So I'm sharing the gospel. Well, no, you're not sharing the gospel unless you share the gospel. You're not worshiping unless you open your mouth and sing. You can't come to a prayer meeting and sit in a prayer meeting, but never pray and by proxy think that I'm a prayer. You guys all right? (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Smile. Honestly, it's time for all of us to be the church that Jesus is dreaming of and building. Every generation is marked with a mission from heaven to carry a unique expression of Jesus in their day. It's a quote. I won't tell you who, because then you... I can. I sometimes don't like saying who quoted it, because then everyone goes, oh, I don't like that person. Every generation is marked with a mission from heaven to carry a unique expression of Jesus in their day. God loves the generations. He is, he is a multi-generational God. And it takes every person and every age 
participating, not just being in a meeting, participating and playing their roles together for the kingdom to advance and to reach the people that need to be reached. This is different from the world's way of thinking. I want to illustrate this. Henry, now is your moment. Oh, yeah, thanks. Quick, 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 quick. We went on a walk today. He found me a prop. Come be a part of my illustration, my guy. It's a good stick. Where did you find that? Where did we find this? It's a pretty good one. You can have it after, okay? Well, after the weekend. We, just so you know, we can't take this as on the plane. They don't, um, I don't think this would even get in as carry-on. Might go in the golf bag. Not going to happen. No way. Um, who wants to help me in my illustration? Okay, yeah, you got to come up. Uh, Tony. Oh, Tony's doing the thing. Um, no, I need, I need an older person. I need an older person. <laughs> okay, come on, come on, come on. All right, and I need one other. Johnny, you can come help me as well. <laughs> well, I get picked on. So does that, in, in Exodus 17, verse 8 to 10, we see this picture of Moses and Joshua and the battle with the Amalekites. And so this is a picture. So you get to be Moses in this picture, okay? So God said every time that Moses holds the staff up, that Joshua is going to, and the Israelites are going to be winning in this battle. But this is the problem. It was a long battle, and his arms started to get tired. So it actually says, can I, can I I'm going to use your, your lovely quest speaker. Come here. So it actually says they've got a rock. Come in. Can you, no, you can sit on that. You don't, have to, you don't have to step on it. And they sat him on a rock. It'll be fine. <laughs> and then they held his arms up. So let's go both sides. Both sides. So other side, other side. Over, over there. Over there. Let's put that staff across both. Let's put that staff across both. And they helped him and they held his arms up together. All right. Thank you guys. You're amazing. Give, me, give him a hand. This is very good. There you go. That's, that's why they had a staff. That stick is coming your way, just so you know. Sometimes it's just easy to have a picture and have a little play. So we see this picture of, of Aaron and her holding up Moses' hands in the battle. It says this, uh, verse 8 to 10 of Exodus 17. While the people of Israel were still at um, Rephidim, the warriors of, Amal of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So, jo so Joshua did as Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. That's not good because now the other guys have the advantage. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. I'm sure it didn't have a quest um, symbol on it. It was just a big rock that he could sit on. And they stood on either side of Moses, holding up his hands so that his hands held steady until sunset. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. We can read these stories and go, yeah, that's great. That's a cool story. 
There's a picture of generations here. God had a plan. God wanted to bring victory. There was a battle taking place. Now this is, for us, there are spiritual battles taking place. God has a plan. God wants to bring victory. Victory doesn't look like we're wiping out people. Victory looks like people are coming to know Jesus and the kingdom is being advanced and they're being set free and they're being healed and they're being restored. But Moses got tired. And it took Aaron and her, who were younger men, to come alongside. God didn't say, Moses, just give the staff to them in this picture. They came alongside and they held his arms up. Together, they carried that load together. It's, a, it's young standing alongside old. It's old standing alongside young. It's hand in hand and it's arm in arm. And as younger people who are here tonight, I want to encourage you, we have to honor those who are older. The kingdom is built on honor. Hmm? Exactly. We need to ask for their perspective. We need to get input. We need to learn from their experience and wisdom. And can I say this? Not just ask for their, expect, their perspective, but listen to what they actually have to say. Because <clears throat> um, I think we have a tendency to ask perspective and then just pick out the parts that we were hoping they were going to tell us anyways. It's one thing to ask. It's another thing to listen to what they actually have to say. Um, as older people, we have to set the example for younger people. Don't write them off because they're headstrong and they don't have experience. And they run off to here and to there. And they, you know, they, we can be, I'm speaking of myself included, um, prone to great ideas. We want to see things happen. Don't write young people off because they're full of exuberance. As older people, we should be the ones leading the way. As older people, we should be the ones worshiping with abandon, reaching the lost. When the older generation abdicates their role in the church, the younger generation goes looking for somewhere else to give their life. When the older generation abdicates their God-given role in the church and in the kingdom, the younger generation will go looking for somewhere else to give their life. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. That's a paraphrase. It actually says, alone, a youth runs fast with an elder slow, but together they go far, which is, seems quite confusing. But the, the idea is just, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Can I ask, can I ask some vulnerable you know, heart check questions of us tonight? What do you see when you look at the church? Maybe not, not this church, um, or if you're from another church, the church that you're from. And maybe it's that, you know, sometimes we think of the church and we hear all the problems. Do, you know, do, you, do you think of failure or disappointment? Are you frustrated with it? Do you hear the stats around you know, the, the church declining or becoming irrelevant? Do you, feel, do you feel the church is optional or not necessary? I want to say again, the church that Jesus is building is, the, is a church that has great authority. It is his dream. He's not done with it. It's his plan A. 
No matter what people say, no matter what articles say, God doesn't have a second plan to reach, <laughs> to, to reach people. The, the church is his plan A. You are his plan A. Matthew 28, the great commission, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now go therefore is still the commission for us today. I started leading, uh, started leading the team at Melbourne Lights Church um, when I was 26 years old. It used to be called Life to the Nations. It was a very 1990s name. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's true. I mean, so we've, we've joked about it before. I know you guys have th- if you, you've thought it if you ever knew it. So my parents led the team. They handed it over to Elodie and I. I was 26. Um, they thought we'd change the name straight away. We wanted to honor them by not changing the name, but we were like, wow, this is really like 1990s. Um, and then eventually we did change it. And they were like, we thought you'd do this 10 years ago. That's not the point of my example right now. Um, sometimes I think that my dad and mom were crazy to hand the leadership over to us at 26 years old. I'm sure sometimes they also thought the same thing. Some of you sitting here today might think, yep, I would have thought that was crazy as well. Or maybe you are around the age of mid-20s and thinking, it would be crazy to lead a team that's leading a church at this age. But what I want to say is that there's no way that Elodie and I would have survived let alone been able to lead if it hadn't been for people of different generations around us. Because again, I know you guys know this because I know that you guys have taught this, but it's not, you know, we're not the, the senior pastors of the church. There's a team that leads the church. There's an eldership team. We get to lead that team. Um, and that was hard enough as a young person, but it was made much easier because there was different generations. There was people who loved us. Um, you know, there was people around us who, who cared for us and supported us and helped us. Um, you know, uh, there's a few, old, mainly at that time, it was older people that were older than us. I think we were the younger, Hans can tell you, I think we were the youngest ones on the team. Um, Hans is laughing because he was on that team. But there are older men and women who supported, who stayed involved, who gently brought perspective and sometimes correction to us, but who believed that it wasn't time to step back. It wasn't time to let the next generation run, but to step up and run together. And one of those men is here tonight, and that's, that is Hans. Hans and his wife, Ellie, were on that team when we took over. Um, he was the oldest, they, they were the oldest couple on the team. But I want to say they are probably our biggest support. And Hans would often call me and we would have robust conversations and bring gentle corrections, um, but we needed that. But he also loved us. And I love that after, 26, how long ago was that? 15 years that we've been leading, that he's still traveling with us to minister. And Hans and Ellie aren't part of our eldership team anymore, but they're probably even more involved in the life of the church now than even, even then. Um, you know, even though they're, their role has changed, they function, and they still lean in, and they still care. They didn't go, well, that's it, our season's up, somebody else's turn. They're still impacting the nations and, the, for, and, and families and the city for the kingdom. 
I want to honor Hans. We're going to give him a hand, a hand tonight and just... Uh, There's such power in the generations linking arms. I mean, Hans came to Indonesia with me earlier this year, and he's here, he's here with us this weekend. And yeah, that's the beauty when you understand kingdom. And it's not about, you know, he, he doesn't often get the mic to, to preach, although he is a great preacher, but he's there and he supports. And even in our church on Sundays, he doesn't often preach. He's not often up front, but everyone has been impacted by who they are. We need each other, and the church isn't complete without all of us. If you get nothing else out of this weekend, I hope that you'll grab this idea that you have an integral part to play. If this church, if the church is going to have the impact that God has ordained and prophesied over it, then it takes you. If you don't get this, if you're looking for, for a specific look or a specific ministry or a platform or a profile rather than Jesus gets all the glory and we play our part together, then you're going you're gonna to struggle in this because that's not kind of what we're about. It's actually everyone just gets involved and goes for it and Jesus gets all the glory. <coughs> Excuse me. Malachi 4 verse uh, 5 to 6 says, Behold... Behold, I will send you Elisha the prophet before the great and awesome day of the, Lord, of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. God says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and children to their, to their fathers. This is a prophetic declaration and a call to restore relationships to generations. There's a heart shift so that each is turned toward and connected to each other. It's not just fathers to children. It's not just children to father. It's both. It's that each are connected, turned toward and connected to each other. And God is wanting to bring restoration to generations. And I believe that there's some here tonight, and I want to prophesy this, that you've had, you've had kids that have walked away from the Lord. Or who have walked away from church because of very real disappointment and hurt. And I want to prophesy that there's a season of restoration that is coming. I want to prophesy restoration over you and over your kids and over your relatives and those that you're praying for. He's bringing them back. He's bringing them back. Jesus' Jesus's prayer in John 17 is a multi-generational prayer. In John 17, Jesus prays and he says uh, that he's asking on behalf of all those who will believe in me through their message. We started with John 17. Verse 20, he says, I'm asking for all those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus was praying in John 17 for you and I. Jesus' words are present continuous. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Most of what is written in terms of, action, uh, terms of actions or verbs are actually present continuous in the Bible. <clears throat> this means that they're relevant then, but they continue to be relevant and full of power ongoingly. And he's saying, I pray for, on behalf of those who will believe in me through their message. Jesus is praying on behalf of those who will believe in him through the message that he's given you. He's praying for the disciples then, but he's praying for us as disciples now. And I want to say to you tonight, you matter and you are needed. Older person, 
you matter and you are needed. Can I prophesy, and you probably have heard this before, but I feel like it's specific for this weekend. God is not done with you. Don't let cool church tell you that God's done with you because you've reached a certain age. That's not the kingdom. <laughs> hey, you're a cool church, but you guys, I, I, I don't think you're a church that's telling you that God's, but I, I, know, I, I just feel like some of you have come from context where, where actually you've come because you've been told that God's done with you. Maybe not specifically, but you've been told, get out of the way so that other people can come through. And I want to say God's not done with you. He's not finished with you. Younger person, you matter. You're needed. God wants to use you and he needs to use you in his church. Can I say this? If you're a younger person, you don't have to go looking somewhere else to have purpose. God has solutions and strategies that he wants to release to his people. Will you take responsibility for the mission that you have been entrusted with? Whatever age and whatever generation you have, that is for tomorrow. And that is, yes, there we go. <laughs> There's a sneak peek for tomorrow. Hey, there you go. So we're going to work through generations, priesthood, respons- uh, the, the privilege of priesthood, the responsibility of priesthood, and what does it look like to be a base, a base church over the next four sessions. Just so you know, because if you're really quick, you saw them all anyways. There's no secrets here. Spoiler alert. The kingdom of God needs you and the people around you need you. They need us. I love that you can look out and there's a beautiful view. And I also thank you that you didn't get distracted by the view tonight and only look out. In our building, you can't look out, but it's, a, it's an amazing reminder. All those lights represent houses and people that need us. They need you. They don't just need a preach on a Sunday morning and an invite to church. Oh, that is good. Start with that. Bring them, ask them to come. But they actually need you to talk to them, to befriend them, to care for them. Because if they only come on a Sunday morning, but they actually don't get discipled, then we actually haven't done what Jesus has called us to do. Jesus, go and make disciples. They need you to invite them to your house for a meal. Older people, the younger people around in your neighborhood need you to be an example, to invite them to your house for a meal, not just to other people their age so they can go drink and have barbecues, but to come to your house and you can love them and you can show them what a healthy marriage looks like and you can show them what it looks like to be multi-generational. I want to end with a prophetic response, if that's okay. If you are over 50 in the room tonight, would you stand with me? I just arbitrarily picked 50. It's not, a, it's not a special number. It's just, if you're over 50, stand. You've crossed over the year of Jubilee. Yeah, exactly. Easy, easy, easy. I want to prophesy and speak honor over you tonight. 
I want to honor you for your faithfulness. I want to honor you for going before. I want to honor you for, for making a way for people that are, that are my age to actually be able to minister. I want to thank you for staying the course. And I want to prophesy again that God's not done with you. You have a part to play. You have a, have a part that's more important than what you think it is. Or what other people tell you it is. There's no retirement in the kingdom. Your role might look different. Your tasks might look different. But there's no retirement. Even like Moses, where they had to have him sit on a rock, there are Aaron and hers who will come, be, come alongside you and lift your arms up. And as long as your arms are up, and as long as you're in the game, as long as you're in the, 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 the yes of Jesus, there's going to be victories that come because of the part that you play. Lord, I thank you for the over 50s here tonight. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the... the, the not just the example that they've set, Lord, but the call that you have for them now. Lord, and I ask for a fresh anointing upon them. Lord, a fresh energy to run. Lord, to take, Lord, the nations, Lord, to see churches planted. Lord, to see people reached. Lord, to disciple, Lord, not just their own, Lord, not just seniors groups, but to disciple the generations. Lord, I thank you. And we honor these amazing men and women in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give them a hand and honor them tonight? Now, everyone who is uh, under 50, can you stand up? I didn't forget about you. Hmm? My, my knees just cracked. I feel you. I want to speak destiny over you tonight. That actually God has a plan for you and the church needs you. The church, the kingdom needs you. And it's such a difficult time to stay focused on Jesus because there's, there, there's so much distraction. There's so much that wants to take us away from Jesus. But there is no greater thing that you can give your life to than serving him. I want to prophesy destiny over you. Some of you are church planters. Some of you are nation changers. There's, some, there's doors to nations that will open for some of you. Some of you are going to be leaders in the church. Some of you guys are going to be leaders outside of the church in business or in, in, in social enterprises, in opening doors for other things to happen. But the goal is the kingdom and the goal is Jesus. Lord, I thank you for these younger men and women in this room tonight. Lord, and we pray. We pray for them. Can we pray together? If you're, if you're over the age of 50, would you stretch out your hands? Let's pray for this younger generation. Lord, for your anointing and your protection upon them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for healing, Lord, where there's been hurt. Lord, where they haven't seen a future, Lord, in the kingdom. Lord, we pray for healing right now. Lord, would you even speak right now? Lord, Lord, uh, uh, Lord speak to them of the doors and the prophetic destiny that you have for them. Lord, the impact that you have for them.
Nothing is impossible for you. Lord, would you mark them? Would you set them apart by your spirit, Lord? Lord, for you and for your glory. Would there be nations that are transformed from this room tonight? In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.